We're beginning a new series today called Imagine. And today I want to talk to you about Imagine a Changing Church. A Changing Church. And in honor of today's message, I typically typically wear contacts today. I put on glasses so I could see. And I wanted to change up a little bit. Some of you couldn't even concentrate during prayer time because you're like, Pastor's got glasses on today. I mean, I can't even focus. What's, what's he doing with glasses? And uh, change. I want to talk to you about that uh, today. And for me, uh, in particular, I don't necessarily like change. Uh, I'm a person of routine. I'm a person of, of habit. Uh, I have a daily routine that I'm kind of stuck in. Uh, I do about the same thing every week. My wife can just about predict where I'm going to be and about what time I'm going to be there because man, I just don't like change overall. I'm just kind of a routine person, a person of, of habit. But, but I do know this, that if I'm going to function in this world, if I'm going to be effective in this world, I have to adapt. I have to adjust to change. I mean, I think all of us are aware that we live in a changing world. Change is just a part of life. Whether we like it or not, change is a part of life. So we must adjust. We must adapt to it. How many of you, when you maybe were growing up, you had a phone like this? How many ever had one of these phones where you had to kind of do one of them to it? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then you're all frustrated when you call the wrong number because, you know, you got, you got it. Then you got to do it all over again. I mean, where's the, where's the redial? Come on, the speed button. Come on, speed dial. I mean, and, and things change. And now we don't, we don't use these anymore. And how, how many ever had, had one of these phones before? And maybe you still got one, one of these phones, one of these corded phones. Who, who still uses a corded phone at the house? You got, got a, come on, all right, all right. You know, you can't walk but two feet. You know what I mean? Walk this way. And, you know, try to cook. And, you know, I mean, you can, huh? And, and, and th- things change. Th- things change. And how many know when, when, when cell phones first came out, they were car phones, huh? You had to be rich to have one of these. You remember that, don't you? Huh? You was wealthy. Huh? When you saw somebody with one of these, you knew that they were wealthy or in debt. Because, man, not everybody got one of these car phones, man. And, and things, things changed. And now, now they're cell phones. And even five-year-olds have cell phones with a $10 plan. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everybody... Things change. Now we got iPhones. Things just change. And we have to learn to adapt and to adjust to them. How, how many of you used to listen to music with eight tracks? Come on. Some BB King. You know what I mean? You used to, yeah, you know. See, I, I, I grew up, when I grew up, my mom and dad, they had, they had records. And every morning when I woke up to go to school, mama would be playing some Marvin Gaye or some Luther Vandross, you know, in the mornings on, on the record player at the house. And then, 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 then things changed again, and they went to tapes. I mean, you used to have collections of tapes. You know, you used to carry around your tape box, you know, with collections in it. Huh? Man, when the sun burned that tape up, you know what I'm saying? Tapes. Matter of fact, when we started the church just almost seven years ago, when you wanted a copy of the message, we used tapes. And then you quit buying tapes. And so we had to switch to CDs. Because things change. I mean, things are, are we, we live in a changing society. Now people have, have CDs. And you remember back in the day, man, when you wanted to listen to music, come on, you had boombox, huh? Huh, you know what I'm talking about? Our brother had a Jerry Curl, an Afro, and a boombox, you know? And a boombox. Well, you know what I'm talking about, huh? And then we got rid of the boombox, and we got the Walkman. 
I used to go jogging with the Walkman on, you know what I mean? Headphones sitting in the Walkmans. And now we got, we got iPods. Matter of my iPod's about this little big. You can't even see it, hardly. And run with it because things just change. And we have to learn to adjust to change. How many of you wives would say, since you married your husband, his body has changed? Come on. Things change. Whether you like it or not, things change. Every single day, we have to deal with change. Whether you like it or not, every single day, there's going to be morning. There's going to be afternoon. There's going to be evening. And there's going to be night. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. Things are going to change. Seasons change whether you like it or not. You have to learn to adjust and adapt. There's going to be fall. There's going to be winter. There's going to be spring. And there's going to be summer. And you have to learn to adjust. Matter of fact, the weather's been changing here recently. And we're getting close to springtime, had a mild winter, winter and, 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 and things have just been changing. Trees are blooming earlier. And, and how many of you, like your pastor, you're dealing with bad allergies right now? Anybody else besides me? And I'm kind of congested today. I'm not sick. Allergies, man. Eyes burning, sneezing, allergies because of, uh, uh, of the pollen, man. And so we're, we're dealing with allergies because the seasons are, are changing. Trees are blooming. And we have to learn to adjust to the, these allergies and, and the pollen that is going on in the air. And just like some folks are allergic to certain trees and certain pollens, some people are allergic to change. Things are going to change. Hachoo! Ah, change! Hachoo! The, They're allergic to change. They want everything to always stay the same. And when it comes to change in the church, people really get allergic. And they're allergic to change when it happens in church. And people say, well, you know, I, I want church to be what it's always been. And I, I want to hold on to those old traditions. We say, you know, I wish church was what it was like in the good old days. Man, I miss the good old days of church. And and for some of you, the good old days were 10 years ago. For some of you, the good old days were 20 or 30 years ago. Some of you, maybe 40 or 50 years ago, you remember the good old days. And why are things changing so much in church? Why can't they be like the good old days? I'll be honest with you. I'm glad things are not like in the good old days. I'm glad some things have changed. Come on, I'm glad we have indoor plumbing now. Huh? Services dismissed. Go get out in them outhouses. Amen. Line up out there. No, there's no toilet paper. There's leaves. We don't have no running water. Here's a towel. Amen. We dipped it in well before you got here. Wipe your head off. I'm glad things have changed. I'm glad that we get to come to church when we have air conditioning. And central heat and air units. I'm glad some things have changed. How many of you remember growing up in church? Maybe some of you remember this. Growing up in church and you had wooden pews. I'm not talking about with pad on it. I'm talking about wooden pews. I mean, I'm glad things have changed. Just, just not very long ago in church when, when we worshiped, we had projectors. Anybody remember when people would slide up the next song on the projector and you would see their hand on the screen? Huh? And then they would worship and their hand would be all, would you move your hand so I can see the words? Huh? I'm glad things have changed. The good old days. Things change. And we have to learn to adjust to change. Someone once said when it comes to change that the church is like a snail riding on the back of a turtle. And do you know what a snail does when it rides on the back of a turtle? 
it goes, Wee! Man, are we moving? Man! And society is changing at the speed of light. And many churches are still like a snail, riding on the back of a turtle. And they're going, Wee! But they're becoming ineffective. They're not reaching people where they are. The sad thing is what what happens is some churches are dying a slow death because they're unwilling to change. And you know what? I'm proud of, of this church because we are a church that embraces change. I'm proud of this church because this church, and I'm proud of this body of believers because this church is always saying and, and, and anticipating what God has next for us. We're always expecting and saying, God, what are you going to do next? And as we prepare to move into this new facility in the next four to five weeks, our target date is, is April the 12th, Easter Sunday. And as we are working towards that target date and moving in, there are going to be some major changes in this new facility as we have a lot more space. And I want to today, I, I want to talk to you about three reasons people struggle with church changing. You know, for, for some of us, and some of you are like your pastor, Change is, is a little difficult for you. And what I want to do today is I want to help prepare all of us for the changes that we're getting ready to experience as a church. I want our hearts to be prepared for all that God wants to do. Three reasons people struggle with church changing. Number one is this. Some people love their church just the way it is. They love their church just the way it is. And they say, you know what? I don't want my church to change. I love my church just the way it is. My church meets my needs, and so I want it to stay the same. Here's the dilemma. Society is changing. Our culture is changing. But, but many church people and churches stay the same. And so many churches, they never respond to a changing society. They never respond to a changing culture and become ineffective and die a slow death. And here's the scary thing. Here's the thing that alarms me. The scary thing is this, that the church can quit and stop existing and quit, quit existing for the very purpose that God created the church. It can quit functioning in this role when we are unwilling to change. Friends, can I tell you that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again and birthed the church, that the church would be a change agent and that men and women who are far from God would come and experience life change through Jesus Christ and they would grow in their relationship with Christ. Jesus did not die on the cross and rise again on the third day so the church could become a country club. The church was always meant to be a hospital. We're broken and lost and hurting people could come and experience life change through Jesus Christ. And friends, if we're not careful, the church can become a country club. And the only thing that matters to us is that I like it the way it is and it's good for me. Who cares what's going on in the world? And I love what the Apostle Paul says. I love how he talks about 
changing to reach people, changing to reach more people. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 19 through 23, listen to what Paul says. He says, though I am free and belong to no man. He says, listen, I'm free. Only person I belong to is Christ. But notice this. He says, I make myself a slave to everyone. Paul, if you're free, why would you make yourself a slave to everyone? Notice what he says. To win as many as possible. Paul says, I continue to change. I make myself a slave to everyone. I fit into the culture that I have to fit into and adjust because I want to win as many as possible. Verse 20. To the Jews, I became like a Jew. To the Jews, I adjusted to their culture. I I, I changed. I, I didn't change the message, but I did change the method. Why did you do that, Paul? To win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. I became, I changed, I, I adjusted, I shifted, I, I changed the strategy. I, I still have the same message. It does not change, but I changed the message. Paul, why did you do that? So as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became, I adjusted, I, I changed, I shifted, I, 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 I transformed myself and became like one of, not, like one not having the law. Why? So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To the weak, I, I didn't become a Jew. I, I didn't become someone who was strong. To the weak, I adjusted, I shifted, I changed to become weak. Why did you do that? To win the weak. I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the God, for the sake of the gospel that I may share in his... I don't do all this for me. Paul understood that church wasn't all about him. Jesus wasn't all just about him and what he wanted. He says, I do all this. I do all this changing. I do all this adjusting. I do all this shifting for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessing. And please understand something. The reason that we change around here at People's Church is for one reason, and that's to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. The reason that we have built a 44,000 square foot facility that we, be, that we will be moving into shortly is for one reason, and that's to reach more people and to see them grow in their relationship with Christ, to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. The reason that we're going to transform this facility, this 17,500 square foot facility, we're going to quadruple our kids space and, and kids and youth space that we're going to quadruple and we're going to raise the level of excellence. There'll be 3D stuff popping off the wall and a playland out in, in, in the lobby and say, Pastor, why would you do all that? To reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Things are, are going to change when you pull in on Easter Sunday and the building is open and there'll be, listen, there'll be more people. There'll be more people in the parking lot. There'll be more traffic issues. There'll be more flow of traffic and people to navigate through. More lines around the coffee pot. But please understand something. The reason that we're doing it is to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. I've got some good news for you. If you don't like change, here's some good news. There are going to be more toilets too. Amen. I want to make sure you know that. More places for you to use the restroom as well. But that's, we're doing all this to reach more people. And when you get out of your car on Easter Sunday in the parking lot, we're going to have music out there in the parking lot. Some of you are going to, what is going on with all this noise? But we're going to do what it takes to connect with people from the parking lot 
all the way into the auditorium. The things are changing to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. In this new facility, our screen is going to be a lot bigger. We, we live in a media-driven society. And, you know, back in the day, you know, people used to curse and, and say, this is a, of the devil. They got screens in churches. Oh, screens and lights are of the devil. We got to use projectors. And now most churches have <laughs> screens and lights. And we're going to listen. This church is going to use what's cultural to say what's timeless, to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. There'll be more lights. There'll be more video. There'll be bigger screens to connect with a culture and to see more people transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Listen, we're going to use what's cultural to say what's timeless, to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. It's all about reaching more people with the gospel. There's a, a second reason people struggle with church changing. A second reason. N number two is this. People say our church is getting too big. Our church is getting too big. And, and, and there are people that, that, that believe that. They think, you know what? Our church is getting way too big. I don't know anybody anymore. I mean, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting too big. And I walked into this new auditorium. And man, look how big this thing is. And I don't know anybody anymore. And the deceptive thing about our church is that we have always been bigger than we appear. Back in the movie theater days, as soon as we launched our second experience, it became deceptive. Because listen, if we could, we can't do it, but if we could bring everybody into one worship experience for one Sunday, and you got to see 2,000 people and look around an auditorium and see 2,000 people in one setting. And matter of fact, if everybody who called people's church, their church home, showed up on the same Sunday, you know, 2,500, 3,000 people showed up on the same Sunday. I mean, this church is way bigger than you think it is in one experience because there's four of them just like this one. It's a lot bigger. And, and let me tell you something. Here, here's what I know. Here's what I know. A church can't get big enough. Our church can't get big enough. Here's the issue, church. Every time we grow, that's one more person who's been reached for Jesus Christ. And they've been snatched out of hell and they're on their way to heaven. Every time we grow, that's one more person who was broken and lonely and isolated and abused and their life is in shambles and they're coming and Jesus Christ is putting their life back together again. Every time we grow, that's one more person who is growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And I have to face it, listen, I'm selfish. I'm a selfish creature. You're a selfish creature. But we have to get over our selfishness because every time we grow, more people are being transformed transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. The church can't get big enough because Jesus changes lives. And first, here's what I want you to know. Amen. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Amen. I want you to clap like that when 4,000 people are coming and you can't get out the parking lot. Amen. Park. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm preparing you. I'm preparing you. I'm preparing you. The early church, the early church was a rapidly growing church, a rapidly growing church. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 40 through verse number 41, it says, With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. Notice this, and about 3,000, everybody say 3,000. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 people were added to the church in one day. 
Man, I am praying for an Acts chapter 2, verse 41 experience. Lord, let 3,000 people be added in one day. More life changed, more people saved, more people delivered, more people set free for the glory and honor of God. I mean, the church was growing rapidly. Just a few verses later, Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 47. Notice this. Let's pick up reading in verse 47. It says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Every single day, the early church, they were adding people to the church. People were giving their hearts to Christ. People's lives were being changed. Every single day, the early church was growing. You say, Herbert, how do they handle the growth? How do they stay connected when they were growing so rapidly? Well, let's look up just a few verses earlier. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 44. Let's see how they stayed, stayed connected. It says, all the believers were together. They were together. You know how they were together? They were together in community groups, in small groups. You're going to see this as I continue to read. They met in one another's homes. They grew spiritually together. They broke bread together. They got to know each other. There was no way they could know everybody, but it's not about knowing everybody. It's about knowing somebody. I don't know everybody in this church. I don't know a lot of names in this church. But it's not about knowing everybody. It's about knowing somebody. It's about somebody knowing your name and you knowing their name. And they, they know your kids and they know your hurts. and They know your pain. They know your struggles. And they can help you grow spirits. They can hold you accountable. And they were together and had everything in common. Yes, this exploding church was together. They didn't know everybody, but they knew somebody. Verse 45, selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Do you know how, how they stayed connected? They were involved in ministry. They were meeting each other's needs. They would see this family struggling, and you're in my group, and man, you're star. I got more, and I'll sell mine, I'll help you, and, and they, 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 I'll sell this, give it to the apostles, and we'll distribute it out. And, and, we'll, and they were involved and engaged in ministry. Do you know how you stay connected at a large church? You got to get involved, you got to serve. You can't just come on Sunday and leave and say, that church is getting way too big. I don't know. You got to get connected. You've got to start using your talents and gifts and serving in the ministry. And you'll get to know some folks. And you'll minister to other people. And you'll be a blessing to other people. This church was exploding 3,000 added in one day. Every single day they were growing. But these folks were connected because they were together. They were involved in ministry. They were meeting each other's needs. And the Bible says in verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. That's the large group worship setting. That's our Sunday experiences. They were meeting together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. As the church was growing larger, it was also growing smaller through community groups, through small group ministries. They went to the temple courts and worship, but they had to stay connected. So they met in one another's homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And verse 47 says this, praising God and enjoying. Everybody say enjoying. I mean, this church was enjoying the favor of all the people. It was growing. It was exploding. And they were going, rah, rah, thank you, God. They were enjoying it. They were excited because they were connected in community. They were serving in ministry. They were making a difference and ministering to other people. And the Bible says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. A church can't get big enough. It's not about knowing everybody. It's about knowing somebody. Number three, there's a, a third thing that I want to point out to you today. Why people struggle with church changing. Number three is this, because our church is so big, they don't need me anymore. They don't need me anymore. 
Let me say this to you as your pastor. That couldn't be further from the truth. Couldn't be further from the truth. We need you more than ever. As we move into this new facility and God brings us more hurting and people that are unchurched who don't know the Lord, we need you. Can I tell you, can I tell you, if you didn't know this, the reason that we're able to reach more people is because people like yourself, the Christians, are serving. Can I tell you, unchurched people, for the most part, they don't serve. They don't give. They don't tithe. They don't resource this. They, they, they don't help buy the toilet paper. They, 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 they don't help minister to our kids. They, they don't help on Wednesday nights. And when they come and, and God changes their life and they, they end up serving six, eight months. But can I tell you how we go to the next level and reach more people? And that's you and I, the believers, the Christians. We do our part. We resource this place. We give of our time, of our talents, of our energy to make a difference in other people's lives. And we're getting ready to go to a, to a whole nother level. And we need each and every one of you who who says, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ. We need you desperately doing your part. If we're going to be healthy, a healthy church, if we're going to be an effective church, we need everybody doing their part. Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 20. Notice this. He says, so he has made many parts, talking about God. He, he has made many parts. And the Lord's blessed this church. And we have many parts. We don't have a few parts. We've got many parts. And too much is given, much is required. He's blessed us with many parts, but still there is only one body. There's many parts in the body, but there's still only one body of Christ. Notice this. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. That can never happen. Listen, we need the eye. We need the hand. The eye can never say to the pinky toe, I don't need you. The pinky toe can never say to the ear, I don't need you. The ear can never say to the tongue, I don't need you. Listen, we need every part of the body doing its part to be effective. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And some of the parts that seem weakest and least important are really the most necessary. Isn't that true? Some of you feel like, well, I would get involved, but I'm not going to make that big of a difference. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. No, 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 no. Some of you that feel so insignificant in what you're doing, you're making such a tremendous difference. You are a necessary part. Don't tell me you're not making a difference as you minister out in the parking lot in the parking lot ministry. As you are a greeter with a smile and loving somebody as they walk in. As you usher, as you serve in the kids ministry, as you help with the lights and sound and video back, back their punt on the screen. As you serve in a community group and a community group leader as a lay pastor, as you serve in epic youth ministries. Don't tell me that you're not making, you are a vital and necessary part of this body. Very vital. We need you. We need your gift and your talent. We need you. And I love verse 23. It's my favorite part of this text. It says, yes, we are especially glad to have some parts that seem rather odd. Just look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you right now. Amen. You are odd, you're weird, and you're different. But we still need you. We need, we need your weird self. We need your gift and your talent to make, if we're going to be healthy, you got to do your part. That's the only way we're going to function and reach more people. Here's how I want to close this message very quickly. I want to give you four things that will never change. Four things that will never change about this church. We'll change the methods, but there are some things that will never change. And so I just want to close out by telling you some things that won't change about people's church. Number one is this, our mission our mission. Our mission will not change. It will always be connecting people to God and others. 
connecting people to God. And listen, if you're coming to people's church because you like the red roof, you're coming for all the wrong reasons. That roof might be purple next week. If you're coming to people's church because you like the coffee, you're coming for all the wrong reasons. We were serving full cup, then we switched to Starbucks, and they didn't like it, so we switched back to full cup, and we might switch to, I don't know what next. If you're coming for the coffee, you're coming for all the wrong If you're coming because we served donut holes last week, you're coming for all the wrong reasons. But if you're coming because the church is focused on a mission of connecting people to God and others, you're coming for all the right reasons, because that's not going to change. There's a second thing that will not change, and that is this. The vision of this church will not change. The vision. This church has always been and will always be about reaching people who are far from God. Will always be about getting people connected in the community group where spiritual growth takes place best. We'll always be a church that's diversified. We won't tolerate it. We will celebrate it. We'll always be a church that's focused on the next generation, and that's kids and youth ministry and raising up kids and teenagers to serve God. We'll always be a church that's focused on missions. We won't just look inside the four walls, but we're going to plant other churches. We're going to support missionaries overseas. We're going to help the homeless. We're going to feed the poor. We're going to go to schools and transform schools and and renovate schools and help kids get an education. We're going to be a church that is focused on missions. We're going to be a church focused on discipleship where we see people grow spiritually. If you haven't seen the baseball diamond pattern before, first base is committed to church. We want everybody committed to church. Second base is committed to pray and read your Bibles every day. We want you committed to do that. Third base is committed to serving a ministry. We want you doing that. Home plate at People's Church is committed to a community group. And if you'll do all four of those at, at once, you will grow spiritually. We want discipleship taking place. That will not change about this church. Number three, there's a third thing that will not change, and that's preaching the Bible. Preaching the Bible. The, met- the methods will change. The methods will change, but the message will never change. If you're focused on the method, you, you, you're going to get messed up. But listen, the methods will change. But the message of preaching the Bible, this church will always preach the uncompromising word of God. The Bible is the anointed word of God. And we will always preach the Bible and lift up Jesus. That will never change about this church. And there's a fourth thing that will not change, and that's life change. Life change. When a church is willing to change and stay on mission, when a church will preach the Bible and focus on Jesus, Jesus will change lives. And we are addicted to life change. We're going to continue to see more lives changed by the power of Jesus Christ. Imagine a changing church. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and your presence.